Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! Thank you for joining us on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's very finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton in the studio with co-host Paulette Stout and special co-host guest back in the studio, Jake Beerbaum's back from Pear Tree Ranch. We're so excited. Jake's travels will be later on in the show. We're very excited to have you back with us, Jake. It's lovely. Paulette, always wonderful to have you with us. (laughs) And joining us by phone, we have Dr. Samantha Carter from Peterson and Smith. Dr. Carter, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Guess what? It's hot at the moment. Uh, I think we've all noticed it's um, it's really hot. Uh, mm-hmm. If you go outside even for a few minutes, you're you're sort of drenched right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about how that affects our horses. And Dr. Carter is going to fill us in a little bit on heat stress versus heat stroke to start with. Dr. Carter, can you talk about the difference? Um, yeah, heat stress is any time um, you're exercising a horse um, and they kind of kind of reach their limit, they're sweating and they're starting to become exhausted. So they're having a hard time um, regulating their temperature and they're starting to get a little heat stress. Heat stroke um, is much more severe and can happen um, pretty quickly. It's usually due um, to a horse standing in a hot trailer um, if they get stuck under a fence or even when we have our anhydrosis or non-sweater horses, um, your temperature is really high and it kind of starts a cascade of um, organ failure. So that can be pretty severe. Mm -hmm. And that's quite serious, right? Yeah, it's very serious, yes. Is there a way of recognizing how serious it is for the horse if he if he is suffering from stress from the heat? Um, I would start by taking the horse over, um, and then just looking at them. Um, sometimes horses will get to a point where they actually stop sweating. They're so hot. Um, and then you're looking for signs of are they weak or ataxic? Um, sometimes horses get so hot they become recumbent and almost non-responsive, but that is, of course, in the severe stages of it. Right. Um, talk a little bit about heart and respiratory rate and, and how those are during a heat stress uh, occasion for a horse and, and checking those and how important that is on the outcome. Yeah, so when you're having your when you're riding your horse or exercising your horse, practicing for a competition, um, you know the heart rate naturally elevates um, during exercise. But the key is that when you're starting to notice your horse exhaust himself, you should check the heart rate and the rest rate, and you should walk them and hose them, and that should come down um, within reason within ten to fifteen minutes. They'll still be elevated, but you're looking for around the 60 beats or breath per minute range, um, similar with temperature. It may be about 103, but it will, um, it should cool down. If it's not, then you're starting to worry about heat stress um, and in severe cases leading to heat stroke. Dr. Carter, when do you, what, what temperature are you looking at where you have a problem with the neurological system? Um, when it's heat stroke, it's usually over 106. Um, anytime it's over 106, I'm starting to be concerned because the body has enzymes and the organs just don't function at that proper temperature. So if a horse is at 106, 107 or higher, um, I'm starting to worry about, um, longer term implications, um, brain swelling and stuff like that. So how long would it take when a horse is over 106 for the brain to swell that would be um, permanent? How many minutes? Um, I wouldn't, I don't have a definitive um, time on that, but you know when you're getting to that point because a horse, if it's having brain swelling, you're having neurologic signs, the horse 
doesn't seem to be with it is stumbling and is even down. That's so. scary. Mm -hmm. That's scary stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Dr. Carter, talk a little bit about conditioning. Um, it's really hard to be conditioned for this weather. Uh, I can remember yeah. m when I first moved to America, I thought I was actually going to die in the summer. And now um, <laughs> I did. I thought I was going to die. My first summer, I said, I'm going to die. Um, but actually, I, I, you know, I've acclimatized very well in the last mm -hmm. 20 years. And, and I'm actually it's still hot, but it's, it, it gets much better after you've done it a few years. Um, but talk about conditioning for horses so that they can be prepared for this and how a rider, how an equestrian can make sure that the horse is well prepared. Sure. Um, I think that always starts with nutrition um, and mainly, you know, forage. We do feed them grain, but you want to feed more forage than grain, especially when you're conditioning them to work in this heat, um, having them plenty of water, um, salt and electrolytes. Um, and then conditioning wise, if you brought a horse from up north, I would start by working as early in the morning you can and being really cognizant of, you know, what the temperature is in conjunction with the humidity, because what you get into trouble is working these horses with such a high humidity, they're unable to sweat and evaporate to cool themselves off. And that's when you start to get heat stress. That is so true as far as the the humidity in conjunction with the heat is different than just heat um, and it right. does make quite a difference. I know it, it, a lot of times if it's very humid and very hot you actually almost feel like you can't breathe, like there's right. no air passing, you know. Uh, so I think for that you really do have to pay attention to that if you're not used you to this humidity. You can't, ev you right. can't evaporate sweat and humidity. So the only way that I know, at least from what I've learned over the years of cooling horses and getting the core body temperature down, is by constant hosing and a fan. Mm -hmm. And you can't really walk a horse cool. People want to walk horses cool and you can't do that. Yeah. You have to just, <laughs> if you get into real trouble, yeah. you've got to get them to water and to a fan and it's got to be cold water. Yeah. And that's a hard thing with Florida, the water comes out of the ground at, uh, in a lot of places, the springs all year round, 72 degrees. And so you to get actual cold water for cold hosing or for cooling a horse down like mm -hmm. this, this is a hard time. <coughs> yes, it's difficult. Uh, Dr. Carter, there's a lot of times you, you'll see it uh, go around Facebook and the likes. There's a formula for humidity and mm -hmm. uh, temperature to calculate uh, when we're in that hard time. Can, can you talk mm -hmm. about what that formula is for people? Yeah, that formula, it's when you add um, the environmental temperature in Fahrenheit with the percent humidity um, to be a predictor for heat stress. Um, so usually if you add those two values together and you're less than 130, it's a great time to ride. You're not going to be subject to heat stress. Um, greater than 150, you're starting, um, you're starting to get into the heat stress zone, especially if you have horses that aren't conditioned or used to the weather. Um, and then it's like over one, 160 or 70 or 80 or something like that, where you get little heat loss. Um, and then you're starting to worry about getting your horses too hot. Yes, absolutely. What about risk factors? So um, we've already mentioned people maybe coming down and actually I think we're seeing more and more of people staying year round here. So we're having a lot of horses maybe from up north or overseas that have perhaps got to get used to it. High risk factor. We have one minute left. So this is a fast answer, Dr. Carter. Uh, certainly older okay. horses should be concerned, I think, as well, right? Yeah, older horses, poor conditioning, um, if they're fat, and then I'd say if they have a hairy, uh, if they're really furry, get them clipped, and then you'll reduce your risk. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Carter. That flew by, but great answers and lots of information for us. Be very careful. Ride early if you can. Believe me, when the alarm goes off, I go, <gasps> but it's much better if you can get it done before 10 or 11 in the morning. It's going to be a lot cooler than it is later in the day. Dr. Samantha Carter from Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital, thank you for being with us. We're coming right back. We're going to have Otto Thorworth on the phone with us. Very excited to talk about Secretariat.
Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the second segment of the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Quick shout out for Pulse Center of Ocala. I am so incredibly happy I went to see these people. Um, I'm just going to tell you I had really bad blood work and I had a not very good diagnosis and I've been going there and I'm like a different woman and my blood work came back on Monday and it's absolutely spot on, perfect and completely normal. So if you have any body aches and pains, equestrians, Pulse Center of Ocala is the place to go and take a nap. I'm just going to tell you when you get up from there, you're going to feel brilliant and a couple of trips in there a week will sort you all out very well indeed. So thank you, Pulse Center of Ocala, Jessica and the rest of the team. Um, you're all wonderful people. I love you all. Uh, I'm very, very excited to welcome a special guest to the show. But before we get to him, I want to say happy birthday to Ronnie Turcott. Uh, unbelievable that we picked this day. I had no idea when we picked this day that it was Ronnie's birthday. That's when I got to interview him. So, of course, Ronnie uh, rode the Superhorse Secretariat. And what an honor it was for me to get a chance to interview him and chat to him. What a lovely, wonderful human being he is. And um, of course, when Disney's Secretariat came out, um, I, I'm not making this up, I've watched the movie 12 times. And every time I watch it, I have goose pimples at the end when he wins, like I don't know he's gonna win. Um, <laughs> but just an incredible movie and so well played. And when I met Otto Thorworth a few years back at a Secretariat um, festival, we were chatting and he said, it's much more difficult to find an actor to play a jockey than to play, find a jockey to play an actor. Mm -hmm. So guess what? He was both. He was the stuntman and the actor, and he did an absolutely brilliant job. And it's truly an honor to have my friend Otto on the show with us today. Thank you for being with us, Otto. My pleasure. My pleasure. You know, I sort of want to start at the beginning because, you know, I know a little bit about your background and, and everything, but our listeners and my co-hosts know less than me. So I sort of want to start at the beginning when you were just a little chap um, <laughs> with your dad and um, living in a field house and, um, and, uh, and kind of how you got started in the horses. Um, well, I, like I said, I grew up in a field house. My dad was a football coach, so uh, football was kind of our life. And I actually wanted to be a professional football player when I grew up. That was kind of the childhood dream of mine, to become a professional athlete, uh, which I ended up getting to do just in a little different way than I expected. <laughs> I found out in high school that there were these little pint-sized athletes that rode these horses <laughs> chased by an ambulance around a racetrack. I kind of diverted my plan from the NFL to the... <laughs> Churchill down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got you probably got a lot more love and excitement out of the horses. I hate to say it, but <laughs> I'd be bypassing the NFL now. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I do not blame you on that. <laughs> Sorry, listen, I'm a Brit, but I'm a patriot. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about being an exercise rider. Um, it, it, it's a lot of fun. You know, I did it before I started riding. Um, and then I did it after my riding career as well. I really enjoy um, just, you know, getting on the horses, learning the horses. You, you learn, you know, when you're an exercise rider, you get on them every day. And so you, you kind of develop a bond with them. And the horses, they're, they're just like people. They all have a different personality. And if you pay attention, you can, you know, it's just, it's almost like a psychologist. You just pay attention to what they like, and then you kind of, put them in those situations and and you get along great it's amazing to me how many exercise riders out there that that don't do that <laughs> that just try to make everything go the way they want them to go instead of getting along so it, it's, it's a dance you know you just kind of you know one leads and the other follows and then you know you kind of switch it around so it's very very fulfilling now um you rode your first race and won it and you sort yes. of found your place and realized that you know this was your definitely your calling the place to be um talk a little bit about how that felt to win your very first race it was very surreal i was in my hometown uh, hot springs arkansas at oakland park 
I'm riding with Pat Day, Calvin Burrell, Garrett Gomez, you know, I mean, some of the best. The big guys. Put a, put a leg over a horse, you know, and these are my guys I'm riding with day in and day out or going to be. I hadn't even rode yet. And so I'm riding my very first race. It's the very first race of the meet at Oakland Park. I'm on this 30-to-1 shot for trainer Haas Inman. And, you know, the filly doesn't look like she has any chance whatsoever. And so, uh, you know, the gates break. Uh, in dead last position, work my way around, you know, weave my way through traffic and end up winning the race by probably two and a half, three lengths. And, you know, standing up, galloping out around the turn, I just thought, wow, how easy is this game going to (laughs) be? I'm going to win every one now, right? It's not so easy, though. Did, like, yeah, this this was a good choice. When <laughs> when you went to the jocks room, how did they how did they think of you when you went there? Um, you know, it was really good. Um, you know, of course, after winning your first race, the jockey, you know, gets kind of an initiation. I was showered with uh, baby powder, uh, raw <laughs> eggs. You know, they've outlawed so, that stuff now. <laughs> I mean, you, you name anything they could get that was sticky and slimy was, was ended up on top of me. Because so. that was breaking your maiden. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So, so you rode for about ten years, and you you had some injuries, and I think maybe a couple of concussions, and. And um, we've all been smacked in the head a few times, haven't we, uh, us horse right. riders? Um, talk a little bit about the challenges of that. Uh, you know, I mean, it was as much fun as it was riding. Um, you know, as you said, riding is very dangerous. There's lots of things that can happen. Um, I had actually, over the first six years of my career, I had six concussions. And, you know, it was, you know, just little things you know what major spills you know a horse would clip heels or i'd get thrown off you know and you know you, you get your bell rang so many times after a while you kind of get a little leery of it but yeah. um, you know it, it's a dangerous sport but it's also very very exciting as well very fulfilling mm-hmm. and, and and definitely challenging and exciting you're right and yeah. uh, you know i love all the horse sports but i have to say when i watch racing i'm Hanging on to the edge of my seat because <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's and, and I thrilling. Can, you know, now having kids that are grown, you know, fortunately my kids don't ride races because I, I, I look at them and I think, how did my parents manage to watch me race for 15 years? I mean, I would yeah. be an absolute nervous wreck, you know, yeah, watching yes. my kids yeah. do yeah. what you know jockeys do. No yeah. doubt. Somehow so they survived it. Yes. <laughs> so after after um, your years of well, initially, anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> initially, racing, um, you you took a break and you um, you became an EMT and you also managed a car wash. Um, yes. So you had a couple of jobs and and you kind of took a break from it all. Um, and and kind of take us from there. What happens next? Okay, so I, I I just experienced a burnout. I was tired of fighting my weight. You know, I mean, ninety nine percent of the jockeys that ride are always battling their weight trying to keep it down and i just experienced a burnout so i moved back home i walked away from riding i was done with it and was you know didn't really think it out well you know i didn't kind of plan it i was just one day i said i've had enough i'm done mm-hmm. <laughs> so then i was like okay now what and because uh, i wasn't you know a pat day or someone who had millions of dollars sitting in the bank that i could just retire and so i just kind of started trying to figure out you know what was next in life and it was at that time when I really began uh, my walk with the Lord I mean God really reached me in a powerful way during that time you know and it was proper because I was kind of soul searching so to speak at the time anyway and and it was just like he just met me there and uh, once that happened you know there was a major transformation amazing and and we actually only have about 40 seconds in this segment so we're going to take our break here in a minute but what's really cool is that um, Otto and his friend were actually talking about like what is life all about and is there more to it um, than this and they kind of started exploring that and looking into that and that was the next step into how actually Otto ended up where he was and getting picked to be uh, in the Secretariat movie so Otto stay with us 
viewers, please okay. stay with us. We're going to take a very short break, a few commercials from our wonderful sponsors, and then we're going to come right back and we're going to hear about the making of Secretariat and Otto's very important role straight out of the starting gate on the Horse Talk Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This show is presented by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the Horse Talk Show are not necessarily that of Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus a hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now! This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's very finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with me. Guest co-host Jake Birnbaum from Pear Tree Ranch is back with us. We love having our cowboy back in the studio. We missed him. We're going to have Jake's travels later. And my co-host Paulette Stout is with me. We have the incredible exceptional honor of having a very dear friend of mine Otto Thorworth on the show with us again he's been on it's been a couple of years I think uh, but we've been talking a little bit about his life about how he got to where he was the the challenges and difficulties of being a jockey or even an exercise rider a lot of hard work and, and dangerous but thrilling at the same time especially when you're winning crossing that finish line first we're going to switch it up a little bit and talk about uh, the making of Secretariat Otto um, Tell us a little bit about how, how you got picked. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, well, as you kind of stated earlier, when, when they got ready to film Secretariat, uh, Randall Wallace, the director, uh, made a plea to Disney. He said, you know, the one thing I require is I want every shot to be live horses. You know, I don't want any artificial horses used in this. This is the greatest horse ever, and we have to do it justice, basically. And so they told him, I said, well, there's no such thing as an actor who can do what these little guys do. He said, well, then find me one of them little guys that can act. <laughs> so uh, they held casting calls at every state in the United States that had paramutual racing. And we're drawing jockeys, you know, from all around the country. And uh, I was riding in Kentucky at the time. And so I answered a casting call in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And that was, that was where I first auditioned for the movie Secretariat. And you weren't going to do it, but your wife got you talked you into it, right? <laughs> Correct. I was, uh, I was on a mission uh, from God. I'd had a prophecy spoken over me two years earlier uh, that I would ride a champion, which was very encouraging to me because God, when I had that transformation and really got serious about my walk with the Lord, he called me back to the racetrack, which was not where I wanted to be. <laughs> and so uh, my wife talks me into going, you know, to go into this audition, you know, she's like, think about the girls, you know, how exciting would it be for them to say their dad was in a Disney movie. Right. And, and for the record, my girls could care less. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but, so, yeah, she talked me into going. I would, If it wasn't for her, I probably would have never even went to the audition. <laughs> how incredible. So, so talk about, um, you know, I mean, oh my gosh, you're on the set with, you know, um, Diane Lane and, and John Malkovich and, and like people that are just like, was that a little intimidating to start with? Or was it like, it's okay, cool, I'm a jockey, I can do this? 
yeah, it, you know, amazingly it was. It was just, you know, it was very easy. The first day on set, my first scene was the paddock scene at the Belmont, and uh, we're filming at Keeneland, and my first scene's with John Malkovich. And so I walk out on the set, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's John Malkovich. And I'm fixing to do a scene with him, you know. <laughs> so it was a little surreal, but it wasn't intimidating. I walked up to him and introduced myself, and I said, you know, John, I've never done anything like this in my life. And uh, I said, any advice you can give me, I'm, you know, all ears. And he looks at me just as serious as can be. And he says, Otto, he says, I've been – going to the races for the last two weeks kind of studying for this role just watching how people act and i've been watching the races and he said i saw a spill the other day i think it was at churchill at the time and he says i realized something he says man in the job profession that you have he says you know if you make a mistake it could cost you your life and i was like wow this guy's really paying attention you know (laughs) (laughs) i was impressed and then he then he looks at me and he says but you know what in this game if you make a mistake, they just yell cut and we do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was the best advice I could have gotten on the opening day of filming, you know, and, and that's kind of what I rolled with the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the time. There wasn't any pressure. So, so how about the horses they use for secretary? I know they used more than one. Um, you know, how were they? I mean, obviously thoroughbreds, right? Um, yeah, uh, like well, actually, we did have one quarter horse. Oh, really? They seemed and it was a filly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she was fast. That's what we needed. Uh, the thoroughbreds we used, the other four, we had five secretariats. Uh, the other four uh, looked the part. They were beautiful horses, you know, had a lot of the characteristics, but they... Um, weren't the fastest things in the world you know they were horses that were on their way out of racing you know kind of fixing to retire had just retired and but they were you know very well-mannered horses uh rex the horse trainer in the film was amazing at what he could do with a horse in such a short time and you know we're out there filming scenes where i'm running down the track with a flatbed chevy you know two <laughs> feet away from me with a camera shoved in the horse's face and, and these horses would just run straight as could be it was, it was amazing incredible so did you ever imagine you were you were at a new church when you moved and you were at a church um that was a, i think it was a non-denominational church and someone yes. came up to you at the end of the service and said that they envisioned that you were going to be, and they didn't. They weren't. They weren't a pastor that knew anything about about racing, but envisioned you with um, a bouquet of flowers across a champion. You probably yeah. thought at that moment that you were actually going to like really win the Kentucky Derby, right? Not not win it on on a Disney movie, but how much no. more? I'm sorry, I have to say, I think that the as much as I love the Derby, I think the Derby is incredible, but. Man, being on the Secretariat movie on the champion yeah. and winning it <laughs> like champion of champions. That is. Did you ever imagine that would be you? Did you ever know you'd be an actor? No. no the only acting I ever did was in front of the stewards when I got a called on an inquiry in a race. <laughs> you know, we'd have to go in and present ourselves in front of the stewards. That was the only acting I ever did. But um, and I, I joke about it. But when I was in high school, you know, they had thespians you know where people would act in plays and i always thought thespians were just for people who didn't have any athletic ability you know they couldn't, couldn't play sports you know so I, I i never had any interest in it although i was a huge movie fan like when i heard i was going to be in a film with randall wallace directing i was a huge braveheart fan and pearl love braveheart he had written and directed you know and it was just like oh my gosh i'm going to be working with one of the best and he was the most amazing man you ever want to meet in your life so did they give you a lot of tips or did they have you did they explain what they what they wanted you to do specifically uh you know they gave me a script and randall had the most amazing talent for explaining what he wanted you know you you had your lines but he would he had this way of explaining the emotion that he wanted you to bring those lines in and he would come out and he would say okay here's what i'm looking for and he would just real quick play it out and he would make it so simple and then you know they would say okay action and 
the scene with Diane Lane in the diner, the very first scene that I walk into the movie on crutches. On crutches, um, yeah. <laughs> very first shot we filmed, as soon as that shot, you know, as soon as they hollered cut for that shot, the entire film crew, Diane Lane, everybody stood up and gave me a standing ovation. And Randall walks out back by in the, you know, viewing tent. He comes out there and he said, Otto, he said, that was amazing. He said, but if we stop here, he says, they're going to realize they don't need me. (laughs) 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 And we filmed for probably six hours on that one scene. Oh, my (laughs) God. The very first take was just flawless. I mean, Diane and me just, man, we went together so good. And just, you know, we just had good chemistry on the set. And it, it was just a blast. How amazing. We we just got the one minute 30 seconds ago, which means we have 30 seconds. So um, okay. we're going to wrap this up, but we're, Otto's going to stay with us. We have a third segment with him where we'll wrap up um, the Secretariat movie and then talk about what he's doing now and his bucket list and some accomplishments he's working on that we all want to help him with as much as we can so we can see lots and lots more of him. I'd love to see him in lots more movies, especially horse movies. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> we'll be back on the Horse Talk Show with Otto Thor in just a few minutes. Stay with us. This show is brought to you in part by Tax Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tax Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal, like jockey and horse, Shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All-in removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All-in removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors on West Highway 40. Stock up for summer and fly season now with fly masks, fly control, and spray, vaccines, and all you need for a Florida summer. Tons of farrier supplies, healthcare, and stable supplies at TT Distributors. Like them on Facebook or online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Luisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Luisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton in the studio with my co-host Paulette Stout. And we have our special guest co-host back from his travels, Jake Beerbaum from Pear Tree Ranch. And joining us by phone, we've been chatting to Otto Thorworth. He is the actor and jockey and played the part of the great Ronnie Turcotte on the Super Horse Secretariat in the Disney movie Secretariat. But that's not all he does. He has lots of other roles and a lot of exciting things on his bucket list to accomplish. But he was just starting to tell me a funny story on the break. So, Otto, you were on a story and I had to stop you. So, <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about how the uh, end of the movie, no matter how many times you watch it, it draws you in at the Belmont when he's coming around that turn. And when I went out to L.A. to do my voiceovers uh, before the movie was released, Randall 
took me over to Disney Studio, and he says, I want to show you something, you know, and he sits me down on a couch in his office, and he puts, he's got this big flat screen, and he puts that final scene, you know, with the final race from the time they leave the gate, you know, to the wire, and as the horse gets ready to turn for home and it has that moment of silence and then you hear the hoofbeat mm-hmm. i'm literally out on the end of the couch you know just sucked into this you know and, and as we get done you know i, I kind of realize what i've done you know and, <laughs> and i look at randall and he's like that's exactly what i wanted and i was like what and he goes if it's i like could pull you off the couch and you were the one that rode the horse you <laughs> rode the horse <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great for the people that are just watching yes <laughs> and it literally <laughs> yes it literally doesn't matter how many times and actually um uh, J- jake is actually not a, a a thoroughbred racing person but he even said in the break, he's on the edge of his couch every time he sees it. And I am too. Yeah. I'm like hanging yeah. on like, what's going to happen? I know what's going to happen. But a good movie is one that makes you thrilled like that every time. Yes. That's why I love the movie Braveheart, because it, I, I've seen that probably seven or eight times, you know. Yeah. And, and it's the same kind of a, a feeling, you know, you when a movie can make you laugh and cry and um, mm-hmm. And and have suspense and thrill every time you see yeah. it. That's a really good movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, and to me, Randall's some, a phenomenal storyteller. And you are a phenomenal actor <laughs> <laughs> and writer. <laughs> you did it all. Um, Otto, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and and looking forward into the future. What what might be next? Okay. I uh, well now uh, as you know God had ordained it you know before it all started the movie gave me quite a platform uh to speak at churches and in front of youth groups and whatnot and it gave me a platform at the racetrack and as i retired from riding i went back to exercising horses because i love the horses love getting on them and a job opened up at the track where i was in indiana for a racetrack chaplaincy position and so that's what i'm doing now i'm working as a racetrack chaplain so it's like the best of both worlds i'm getting to give them jesus and i'm i get to pet horses every morning and watch them train you know the only bad part is i'm not getting on them anymore but uh but i, I may work that in during the winter months but uh you can always yeah, pop down here to Florida and we'll make sure you ride all sorts. Absolutely. I would love to. I would love to. And so, uh, yeah, I'm doing that. And I've actually just finished uh, writing my autobiography uh, called No Ordinary Champion. And um, just in the process of finishing that up, kind of polishing it up and uh, working on uh, getting funding for publishing. No Ordinary Champion. I can't wait to get my copy. Um, There is actually a GoFundMe set up uh, for Otto. You can find it on his page, Otto Thorworth. You can also find Otto Thorworth Ministries and follow his teaching, which is so real, down to earth and and great tools for for life. And um, and you can go and and make a donation. And actually, if you make over $50, you'll get a signed copy of the book uh, when it comes out. So um, I think that's a great GoFundMe because I cannot wait uh, to read that book because Otto, Secretary, I was definitely no ordinary champion, but neither are you. And um, you've had a great influence on so many people's lives. As far as your your chaplaincy work, um, is that very difficult on the racetracks? I know there are a lot of challenges between, um, you know, everything from finances and immigration and all sorts of things. I'm sure that you have to uh, that you come across when you're, you're trying to help people. Is that quite challenging? Yes, it is. I mean, you know, it, it's really like doing ministry in a third world country. I mean, you got so many people from so many diverse, you know, backgrounds. And, you know, and to be honest, I'm not, you know, I was a racetracker all my life, but, uh, you know, most of the racetrackers aren't looking for God. You know, they're just a different, they're a different breed of people. And, um, but, you know, I'm going to, introduce them anyway whether they want to or not but uh it, you know it's it's interesting but you know it's it's one of them things that you know people aren't really you know the majority of the people on the racetrack aren't looking for god but if you if they know that you care then they'll care about what you know and they'll be willing to listen and that's what i found it just you know it, it's not like a 
regular church pastor where you come in and you preach every day or every week you know you you just have to build relationships and let them let your life be your testimony basically and um, it, it's very rewarding I mean just last week we had uh, four people get baptized including a jockey so it, it was awesome and my gosh I should think they they'd be praying for the biggest hedge of protection with their job right yeah yeah, yeah I agree and and I suppose the fact that you're the real deal you've been there and done that you've been up at three four in the morning and been on horses and 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 had the accidents and banged your head and got hurt and and overcome and ended up with an incredible role in in a Disney movie like that you you've got to be a walking testimony of, of hard work pays off and, and all that you've accomplished. And it's good that you know how to get down to the nitty gritty because somebody who hadn't been in that world, I don't think anybody could relate to, you know? No, it's very, it's a very tough place to come into, especially doing ministry if you haven't lived it. You know, I mean, I've done everything from being a hot walker to a groom to exercise rider to a jockey. You know, the only thing I hadn't done is trained horses. You know, I hadn't had a trainer's license, but, you know, I rode for thousands of trainers. So I think that qualifies me to know what they do. Absolutely. But, uh, but that's that's the big thing is just, you know, knowing what, they, what they're going through, what they, you know, what their life's like and being able to empathize with them on those kind of things. Well, I think a big part of that, too, is you had almost two lives. You had a life before... Um, you, you kind of came to God, and yeah. were, that was a yeah. successful life. But how much success you got then after that kind of awakening, I think, is a, a big thing that a lot of people can take away um, in the people yeah, that you're is. around. It's a That's testimony. something that I really try to bring across <laughs> in my book is to explain to people, yeah, I had a great life for 20, or actually 35 years, but the life I've had for the last 15 since that has been even more exceptional after I came to, you know, a relationship with the Lord and put him in charge. It's amazing what he can do if if we if we just give him the reins, so to speak. That was the up, that was the upgraded version then. It all just got better, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otto, we have about 20 seconds left. Thank you so much. I know that my co-hosts in here have so enjoyed um, talking to you. I'm sure yes. you're going to get friend requests from both of them because yes. they're going to want to follow your your uh, adventures as they continue. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. It is an absolute honor to have you on the show. Look forward to seeing you soon. My pleasure always. Thank you, Otto. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show with Jake's Travels. Stay with us. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to FeedDAC.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tack Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. The Equine Performance Center Ocala with numerous success stories and featuring the most advanced equine conditioning and rehab equipment available in the world today is striving to be the best in the nation. Find them on the web at epcrehab.com and like them on Facebook now. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back 
on the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'll be in Idaho in August. I'm excited. I'm going to fly across the hayfields in helicopter and check it all out for you and bring back lots of video footage. But now we're going to go straight over to Jake and Jake's travels. This is episode one. We're going to hear about, uh, as he's crossed the country, uh, the fun things he's done. And, uh, and, and Paula, I know, is going to have a lot of questions for him. So, Jake, welcome back to the show. It's nice to We've be back. We've missed you terribly. Well, you know, I was here, and I got to do quite a bit of regular visiting with you guys through the craziness as that was all getting started. And as it started to ease up, um, we were lucky in that. It allowed me to do my normal travel. So pretty regularly every spring and fall, I have a big four to six week circuit that I do where I hit a bunch of different states and do clinics and help people with their horses. And um, you know, with all this going on in the world, we were a bit nervous about where we're going to get to do that. And there's one of our new baby horses, mm. their little stud colt. <laughs> what a gorgeous baby. <laughs> you can see some of the hay. So I was in Colorado. I've done everything from helping make hay to gathering cattle, roping and doctoring sick cattle. Um, we, we've kind of done it all. And then teaching my clinics and helping with horses. Looks this was beautiful scenery. Yeah, that was Utah, um, Salt Lake City. Oh I got gosh. to on a little trail ride, so that was up the top. This is where I was. I should follow you with a camera one spring. Right. <laughs> this is California where I was. I did a uh, three days of horsemanship and Beautiful. two days of, uh, no, two days of horsemanship and three days of cattle working. Um, and then everybody that signed up for the five days, this was our trail ride, so uh -huh. they got a free day kind of on me, and um, we went on a nice trip trail ride for the morning. Oh, so. Is that so their beautiful. horses or somebody else's? That was their horses. So they brought their horse for the clinic and we worked um, for the first two days just doing horsemanship stuff and then uh, went on that trail ride. So you do a lot on the ground then? So we did some groundwork. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times first day we might start in the morning on the groundwork and then um, from there we um, get in the saddle. And so just basic, how do we get along? How do we not die? How do we have a little more fun? Mm -hmm. And then they, a lot of them will bring questions or things that they're working on. And so I try to lay the, this is the base. And if you can understand this, um, you can figure out any problem. And so no matter what you want to do with a horse, this is the kind of bare minimum core of that. And then we can grow it from there. And so um, there we were, uh, we had about five, big mamas to rope that day that uh, they had some foot rot so they needed some medication. Oh, okay. We do it out in the open like that. We had, had to bring these. We stopped traffic oh. coming down the highway. I want to go gallop across there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, bringing this herd. So it was quite the experience to bring them down out of this wet area and up onto the highway and do, these are some of the big hay fields that my friend Nate Beautiful. Uh, is busy right now making hay on. So is this is this a regular ranch that is breeding and training, or these are in? these are all those ranches where I was visiting in Colorado were they're hay and cattle, and so uh, I mostly went out. That's I get it's vacation because I'm not the boss, but <laughs> in reality I'm working, so I'm helping gather mm -hmm. cattle off the range, or uh, like the one picture you saw, I was driving the truck while we loaded up some hay that needed to get moved that they were making. This was from my trip in Wisconsin. Um, that's Virginia. Wow. Um, so we've so how many miles over. did you go? Do you know? <sighs> you know, I couldn't tell you the miles. I <laughs> left in second week of May. Here's my little roping buddy, <laughs> Maverick. <laughs> He's three and a half, coming four, and he wanted a roping lesson, and so he got a surprise. He didn't know that we were going to get to do that, but he was real excited <laughs> to learn about roping. And then Some we finished fishing. our trip. That's my dad and my son, Johnny, and we finished our trip in Michigan, um, and I took more time than I've taken in years of just family time, and so it was a nice um, actual rest uh, to come home ready to go. <laughs> so we had the 4th of July and did water balloons and sprinklers and fishing oh. and got to be there to visit uh, my brother just and his wife 
Um, it's not Facebook official, so shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just had their uh, first child. Uh, really? Uh, Ava Rose. And so I got to What's be the there. name? Ava. Rose. Rose. How pretty. Yeah. yeah. She's a beautiful little girl. So I got to be there and hold her before I had to come home. So, so you basically did a l almost like day working and training. Yeah. There he is. Look. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the first trip I did was Utah. That was, that's my wife Stephanie and my son Johnny. We got beautiful to go family. to uh, our cousin's wedding in Illinois, outside of Chicago. So we've been all over. So the first thing we did was Utah. And so I was in Utah for about a week. And so uh, my good friend, Lalan um, Roque, who also teaches and trains, um, hosted me. We taught a clinic together. And so I spent a few days helping her with some horses that she had in training, just kind of meeting of the minds. What do you think about this? Or what do you think about yeah. that? He does that thing. And so we looked at that. <laughs> and uh, we kind of were able to break, break this uh, one horse down through the pieces and figure out what was going to be the thing that helped us go a little faster. Mm -hmm. um, with his progress and that horse now has been going and having dressage lessons it was just she had just kind of got him started in riding sometimes he'd still buck and want to pull and fuss and fight so we kind of got over that hump and now you know it's not been that long and the dressage trainers ride and just thinks like how did you do this how did mm -hmm. you have him be like that so um, we did that and then we taught a two-day clinic together and we had how many people did we have? 12 to 14 different people. And so nice. just nice it was a great clinic. And Perfect. so we were able to split it up. So she, I might be teaching in the round pen and she'd be in the arena. And that way everybody got a lot of personal time um, with each of us to get wow. that help. And then I uh, left there and flew into Oregon. And we drove down into Colorado from there, or Colorado, excuse me, California. And so we did. Wow, you were literally all over the country. Uh -huh. Yeah, and we did. Uh, I did like a freebie day that people got there early, and I kind of showed early, and it was like, oh, weird, it's early, and we're just hanging out. Why don't you all get your horses, and we'll get a little warm up day? And so they got a little extra lesson oh, and coach awesome. on what were they doing. And so then we did two days of horsemanship, and then um, that kind of helped prepare things for then three days of uh, cow working. My first trip last year to California, there we did. Two, two days of cow work and we had two different groups and what we found is that we spent a lot, plenty of time on horsemanship just getting so the horses what, getting along. So what was your main thing that you do with cow working? So What's the main thing? So the main thing with the cow working that I teach is the idea of if we can get these horses confident first and then connected to the cattle a lot of the fun stuff happens on its own versus if you try to work on positioning and you got to get up here and you got to stop and you got to back like this and their nose here and there and then turn you're going to be fighting stuff that'll happen on its own. And so if we can get them first confident, following and learning to go to the herd, so that's the first part, to the herd, then pretty quick they start choosing to go through the herd, and that horse will start getting up in the middle of them all. When you've got cows on all sides, that's, now you're kind of th going through the herd. Mm -hmm. If you can get them to the herd and through the herd, pretty quick they'll start to picking To the herd and through the picking herd. Picking one, yeah. And th they'll kind of find one that they like and pick one on their own. And really? I, it just, it, it will happen. It's amazing. And people don't believe it until they see it. Mm -hmm. And so what we find is if we can, like a kid and you go to a toy store, if you say, you're getting this toy, mm -hmm. they don't appreciate it. But if you take a kid to the toy store and say, here's 20 bucks, uh -huh. go pick one, they're <laughs> go gonna love it. It's the same idea with a horse, go pick that cow. So through the, herd, through the herd, pick one, and then they start holding one. I love it. Um, I like the analogy, it's perfect. We've missed him, Jake's Travels, that was episode one. We've got lots more for you if we can keep him here in Florida long enough. We love having him back though, our blue-eyed boy back in the studio with us. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. We have episode three of Epic. We're going to talk a little horse rehab for you as we close out the show. I think it's been a good one. Stay with us. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala. Experience the difference in buying. Palm makes it simple with no pressure, the best sales staff, and lots of inventory. Experience the difference at Palm Chevy in Ocala or online at palmchevrolet.com. Palm Chevy, find new roads. 
World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors on West Highway 40. Stock up for summer and fly season now with fly mask, fly control, and spray, vaccines, and all you need for a Florida summer. Tons of farrier supplies, healthcare, and stable supplies at TT Distributors. Like them on Facebook or online at ttdistributors.com. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at EPIC, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center with Dr. Alberto Rian. We've been talking uh, rehab, conditioning, uh, and what you can do complementary in addition to either what you've already tried that maybe hasn't worked with your veterinarian or, in fact, is working and you'd like it to be a little bit more effective. Um, we're going to actually take it now over to the Aqua Treadmill and the Saltwater Spa they have here at Epic. And uh, let's start with the treadmill and talk a little bit about the benefits. Dr. Rian, the treadmill. Thank you very much, Luisa. You actually couldn't put it in better words because our biggest success is not on trying think. well, the big success that I would like to see in our clients and our patients is to improve their condition. So things that are already doing some sort of work for them and getting them faster, getting them results faster. Um, and yes, obviously, if they have tried other things that have not worked, then we're here to get those get those taken care of. But I always, I always want to make sure I talk about that and I promote that if you have something that is working, I can guarantee you that we have something to actually complement that and make that work better, faster, more effective, and get a better healing. Right. And that's where the aqua treadmill works really well because the aqua treadmill is pretty much a control rehab environment. We control the water level. We control the speed of the horse. So by controlling the water level, we can control the resistance of the muscle. And we can't, we, you cannot tell a horse, okay, move your shoulder up to here. You cannot tell them that, right. they don't, right? But the cool thing about the water is that you increase the water level and they have no choice but to move their shoulder where we want it to be. And that's one of the beauties of the water treadmill that we really have a lot of control of what muscles to work and where to work them. For example, there's some muscles called the epaxial muscles, right? The muscles in the back. And the water treadmill is really good to work those muscles. Some people call it the core muscles. Very good because we can control how to move those muscles and how much resistance to put in those muscles. The same thing with quadriceps. When we have quadricep weakness, beautiful works beautiful. And the same thing with tendons and ligament strengthening. If we start slow and then we go in a gradient from strengthening to more and more and more until they are very strong and we can add more pressure at more speed um, and in addition to that a cool thing is that at the beginning you can put the horse almost to float and that decreases the weight of the horse in that tendon and then by the end you bring the water down and you put more weight on the tendon how incredible yeah, it's a beautiful so you it's a beautiful thing the progress exactly monitor the progress and if the horse is getting better you decrease the water put more pressure in the tendon that way you keep the tendon moving and keep the muscle moving because one thing that we have found out is that you cannot stop a horse and give a, a year of stall rest and expect that horse to just miraculously recover. Right. Minimum you have to exercise the horse. 
And it's not just exercise the horse by putting them in a paddock and let the horse exercise themselves because they are really bad at it. But you can control it. So in actual fact, a horse wouldn't necessarily even have to be injured. It could just be a horse that you're trying to bring up to a certain level of fitness and that would help with conditioning. If the horse, if you bring in a horse, if you want a horse that has been off for a long time, right? And it has not a good core or the quadriceps need more work, then you put them in a the treadmill and you start developing those muscles. This, per this horse is perfectly sound and you're just doing extra gym work for him, right? I'm making him stronger, increasing core. By increasing core, what happened? Decrease injuries, right? right? So a horse that comes to the aqua treadmill for conditioning does a lot of injury prevention. And that, that is my favorite part of this because an ounce of prevention is worth a tons of treatment. Yes. And okay. prevention is always better, no matter where, no matter what organism it is, what animal, people, anybody, prevention is always better. And intervals for this could be every day, every other day? We start by doing it two to three times a week, and then we start increasing the water. At the beginning, we put the water to the fedlock, because remember, water adds resistance. Have you ever walked in water? Right. It's a little tough, right? So they increase the water from the fedlock, then to the knee, then to the chest, if needed. And then you do it every three days. Then as the horse gets fit, you do it every, uh, excuse me, three times a week. Then you can do it four times a week. The maximum we'll do is about five times a week. And that's, that's pretty heavy exercise. Right. Mm -hmm. Switch us over to the salt water spa. Salt water spa, what is it? It's going into the ocean, into the cold ocean, with a swollen leg or with a wound, and putting your legs and feel what it does for you. You can almost see that healing happening in front of your eyes. For those of us who live by the ocean in the past, you know how beautiful it is to just put your, arm, put your legs or your arm in the ocean, you bring it out, and it's just healing. That's exactly what the salt water spice. Salt and minerals, cold, so that decreases inflammation, is antibacterial, it has increases healing, obviously, because of the aforementioned advantages. And everything that comes with it, for example. Now we can get into what it does for uh, a ligament or the tendon or the joint itself. You have a swollen joint. What does the doctor tell you? Put ice on it. Same thing, this, the cold water spa. So cold water spa, that's exactly what it's doing. And decreasing that inflammation from that joint. And you can monitor where you put it. If it's the hoof, you can go down on the hoof. If it's the fedlock, you can bring it up. And you can treat four fedlocks at the same time because you put the whole horse on it. So that's the beauty of it. And in addition to that, it's a pretty good therapy for horses that have some foot pain. And back in the days, long time ago, they did a research in Australia where horses, they prevented horses from getting laminitis by putting them in zero degree, in 32 degrees, right? And they put them there, they tried to induce laminitis on them, and they couldn't. Really? Yeah. So the research were a little bit of extreme conditions, but what that taught us was that cold water, the colder it is, is actually very beneficial to the horse. And sure enough, when we get a horse that we suspect could be at risk of laminitis, we put it, we put it in the salt water very spa. Very therapeutic, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very healing. Yes. Wonderful. And, and that therapy would be uh, an every other day, several times a week? We have, there are certain diseases like there's uh, cellulitis, septic cellulitis, some really bad skin infections that we've been able to put, we have had to put it two or three times a day. A horse with, that's at risk of laminitis, we actually have keep him there four or five times a day. Wow. Yes. And the good thing is that people cannot be in really cold water for a very long time because there's muscles in the, in the legs or in your hands. But there's no muscles in the horse's feet. It's mostly joints, ligaments, tendons. So you, you don't freeze them to death. That's why a horse could be up to 24 hours in ice 
without without side effects. Wow. So you could do it as many as it's needed. And you've seen really good results. Really, really good results. Especially in laminitis cases. Oh, especially prevention of laminitis. Okay. And and a lot of laminitic laminitic horses get hoof abscesses. Mm -hmm. Just chronic hoof abscesses. It's really good to get those chronic hoof abscesses clean. In addition to your other therapies, whether we're doing also hyperbaric chamber, or whether we're doing antibiotics and therapeutic chewing. Obviously, you have to always do therapeutic chewing. Um, so it's a great complementary to those cases. Um, one of my favorites for septic cellulitis. It is amazing how it helps decreasing the inflammation. I mix septic cellulitis, a horse that has a really high fever, very lame, not doing good. You put him in the salt water spa, you put him in the hyperbaric chamber, and you make a game changer right there. Really incredible. Dr. Alberto Rian here at Epic in Ocala, the horse capital of the world, sharing with us um, some real testimonial on the rehab opportunities here for a horse that's either already in treatment um, and you really want to see that, that process speed up and happen faster, or even as treatment. And I got to say, I take my 35-year-old to the beach sometimes and ride him in the cold salt water, and he certainly loves it. That's not an opportunity that we get to have all the time, but right here, we have the opportunity for your horse to come and enjoy that saltwater therapy at Epic. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. That's it, folks. We've got to wrap it up really fast. Whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around. Until next time, and make sure you like us on Facebook now.